what's going on everybody welcome back to living electric if you're watching on youtube you may see we've got three faces on camera today we're here with matt teske from chargeway so matt welcome to the show thanks for having me it's good to see you guys yeah, yeah you as well it's been a long time i think we're i don't even know episode 96 i believe and you yeah. were like one of our first guests so that was no, like I 90 plus I'm episodes just, ago. Wow. I'm just <laughs> you guys, you guys have been yeah, racking it up. That's great though. Yeah. So again, I'm glad I helped kick off with some, something that's still going. That's, that's a good sign, right? I, mean, I think you're the bad. sole reason for our success actually, that we've kept it going oh. this long. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize we are going to start lying to each other immediately, but okay. That's fine. So. Yeah, Alex and I never talk outside of recording. So yeah, yeah. this is also our catch up time. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, but yeah, we've been uh, recently been kicking things off with uh, we're is it like living the electric life segment? We don't have a great elegant name for it right now, but now we're yeah, kind of kicking things off. I think with, that's a good term. Yeah, some sort of way where we've either like driven an EV recently or some story we've had recently related to electric vehicles, sustainability, whatever it be. Like mine, one week was like. I reused like plastic containers to like pot plants or something like that. Like it could be as simple as that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt's well, thinking now. Plan. Like, exactly. Exactly. Do it, Ohio. This is crazy. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> but uh, I've got a somewhat exciting story this week. We did all of our travel for Thanksgiving, so I won't get into all of that but we did return to columbus on sunday and i actually was buying a uh, a tesla wall charger off facebook i found like a really good deal for one from somebody in like mount vernon ohio which is like 45 minutes northeast of columbus so got back home after traveling my battery was super low plugged into the home charger and i had to leave like within an hour so I hopped in my car and only charged up to like 28%. And I was going 45 minutes away, like in an EV. So I'm like, I could probably make it. So I just hopped in my car, didn't really think much of it. And then it said I was going to arrive with like 8% or something like that. Like outside of Columbus, like more rural area. Drove all the way up there. Turned the AC or the heat off on the way up. Like drove at like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> like arrived up there with 12%, I was able to bump it up all the way to 12, like along the drive in like 30 degree weather. So I'm impressed. Okay. I actually was able to do that. Not bad. <laughs> um, and then I was up there and I'm like, I, there's no chargers up there at all. There is like zero fast charging infrastructure up there. So I drove another 20 minutes from there with 8% on my battery to the Mount Gillian supercharger, which is like, halfway to Cleveland at that point. So I like drove even farther <laughs> away from my house <laughs> to get up to the supercharger, got there with 2%, I think, and then was able to charge up enough to drive the hour home. So, so if you had, if you had a calculated all your little extra buffer there, you would have, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have been, been short, would have been yeah. short. So yeah, that was my, uh, probably most exciting for the wrong reasons EV trip I've had recently. <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least have the heated seats on? No, I had all the heat off. I've, I'm a very warm body, so like the the heated seats just make me sweat. So I have to keep them off all the times. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, it's like it's like what kind of what kind of feature does your car have? I have an Alex. <laughs> warm exactly that's, that's crazy like i have to use the heated seats i mean yeah i can get away with like not like pumping the heat into the car but right nothing on yeah that that can get yeah. chilly so. my like back and legs and everything were completely warm it was just the front of my body and like hands that were cold it's very strange so i don't well, know if it's you, the leather or what but it keeps me very warm <laughs> you've got an, you've got an og model 3 that doesn't have the heated steering wheel though right so correct yeah, i yeah, I'm always, I'm always every time I, I get a chance to, to drive my wife's Model Y and it's it, during cold weather and it auto turns on. I'm like, Ooh. oh yeah, that's Ooh, so that's nice. What that, that's what I'm missing. Yeah, so. right, right. Yeah. So that's my well, story this week. Right oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't run out of char. Yep, <laughs> could have rescued you, rescued you and our Nissan Leaf. Right, that would have been <laughs> and like the best trained. kind of rescue vehicle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, Only don't the worry, best. help! Don't worry, help is on the way. <laughs> Who's coming? <laughs> it's a Nissan Leaf. 
<laughs> Somewhere in Europe, I'm sure that's been said already. Yeah. So, well, Japan. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's wow. funny. <laughs> well, Matt, do you do you want to go with your living electric thing that you did this week? Uh, well, the question actually, I company. Say, yeah. Well, no. The, you know, the cool thing that I did get a chance to do over the weekend was I did visit the that new version four supercharger from Tesla here in Oregon. Oh, I yeah. Get a chance to see that in person, and then it was. You know, it's one of those things where I'd, I'd gone by and seen it when it was still uh, under construction, but getting a chance to just kind of, all right, pull up, give it a chance, see what, you know, see what it's like. Um, you know, the stalls are much taller. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the, <laughs> the cables are a lot longer. It was very obvious and evident about how that's going to work for non-EV, or non-Tesla EVs, rather. Um, it's interesting, though. Anything that's magic, Doc, I mean, everybody's going to have to learn this, is you've got to, like, slightly push up to mm. then pull it out to get the connector out. Yeah. Right? So that's that's a little kind of quirky, you know, detail around like, oh, well, I have to, I just normally just grab it and supercharge and pull. So at first I was like, yeah, I got to tug this thing pretty good, you know, but I was like, oh yeah, it's magic duck. And that was, you know, the only little quirk, but it's neat to see how they've integrated the screen and everything else for what inevitably will be, you know, the option for non-Tesla owners to just basically, you know, tap the card, get things going or use the app. So um, I don't know, I, I was impressed. It's interesting that the cable and the connector are, heavier than than version three superchargers it's kind of more akin to version two mm. um so that was a little bit of a kind of a step back because i've gotten so used to using the newer ones where it's that cable is just thin and light it's light yeah yeah so that was a little bit i was like ah, it feels kind of a step back but you know it's going to be fun to see how when they install more of those and they do ramp them up to being higher power what it's going to do for other vehicles that are thousand volts you know rather 800 900 volt architecture things like that so um, cool to see it in person. Uh, I tweet, I, most of my tweets don't get much action, but that one did. And I was like, Hey, I went and did this. <laughs> right. You know, so that was kind of fun. And, uh, and I had some people just asking questions about it on other places on social media where I shared it. Um, because I mean, it's, they're not everywhere yet. I mean, but you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's cool to get a chance to see one of those things in person when they're brand new. So. That's awesome. Right. I know yeah. Alex and I are really looking forward to them popping up somewhere in Ohio or somewhere nearby <laughs> to get a chance to somewhere close. It, yeah. yeah. Well, right now it's just it's just aesthetically different. I mean, from a yeah. from how it functioned, it was no different than you know in Chargeway lingo, you know, using a Red Level Seven. It was right. effectively identical. So I mean, it. But that will be fun to see as as we see things roll out as it relates to the you know the Cybertruck announcement in a few days and what the details are going to be for that and mm-hmm. how this will accommodate you know, other brands and other vehicles that are not 400 volt architecture. So, right. Yep. Yeah. So Definitely. that's, that's, that's what I did. I got perfect weird, weird stories. I could talk about that was, <laughs> that was something new and cool that people might go, Oh, wow. That's neat. So <laughs> perfect. Love it. Awesome. Well, mine, mine is really short. Uh, and, and it's, it's nothing I've actually done yet, but I started doing research on heat pumps, uh, for our Whoa. house because our uh, AC unit is dying. It's almost, it's over 30 years old. So um, I know we have to replace it sometime in the spring. So I started doing research and uh, I think I found the one that we're going to go with. So it's uh, the Mitsubishi IntelliHeat uh, dual fuel system. Um, you guys are familiar with that product? <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but not... You know, I'm waiting for you to rattle off the model number yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> like a SKU number or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Yeah, Model 834. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, I didn't realize that there's um dual fuel heat pumps where you can still keep your existing furnace as like a backup. Um mm-hmm. so like as I was digging into this, uh, you know, learning more about it, like the heat pump can heat the house down to uh 15 degrees, and then below that, that's when your existing gas furnace would kick in. Um, so essentially, you know, central Ohio doesn't tend to get that low, so it would still essentially run on electricity for the most part. And then nice. that is backup. So thought that was pretty cool. That way we don't have to, you know, rip out the old furnace and spend more money that we've right. already burned on this house. So <laughs> pardon the pun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what's gonna keep us warm. Right. I've heard nothing yeah. I have heard nothing but great things about this house, Brandon. That's, yeah. that's all that's all I know is that yeah. every time you turn around you find something amazing that's hidden in the house. And yeah. then, you can you can talk about that later if you want. If there's something you want to mention for hidden things in the house, I mean, yeah, that's on the, the Patreon version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, all the all the hidden things in your in your house. So. Yes. No, I mean heat, heat pumps. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's it's pretty. I, I'm still not a fan of about what they're called. I think by calling it a heat pump, most people don't realize it can also cool your home. 
Yeah. You know, by by name, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, how the technology works is really neat. I think that yeah, uh, as oftentimes I have an opinion on it in the world of energy, I think it has a branding issue. So, <laughs> but, yeah. Which, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even really know where the term heat pump like originated from. Like I understand, you know, it like takes the hot air out, pumps cool air in. So like I understand the functionality behind there. So I don't know if it's like a literal term, but I'll have to dig into the history of that. I don't know I was, actually who invented that. <laughs> so. I don't know. I was talking about my dad about it actually uh, this last week when he was here for Thanksgiving, and we we're discussing heat pumps. And and I think I mean there is a I mean there's an there's not really a pump like in the unit it's it's just it's more just a name that says it's it's pumping heat somewhere i mean it's yeah just, yeah so it's one of those things that just sort of became the common terminology that you know to someone who's working on the technology they they reference it and they say well effectively that's what it's doing but how can you turn around and then explain use that terminology to explain it to average people it's, yeah, it's probably not that simple uh, in, in that way but um it's cool tech i mean it is pretty neat so yeah well, look forward to that episode in the spring. <laughs> Whenever I get it right. installed. Right. Right. <laughs> well, the branding issue might segue nicely into kind of our, our main topic today. And I'll probably let Matt kind of take the reins here and talk about Chargeway 2.0. Oh, boy. <laughs> so where do you want to start with that? <laughs> no, I, well, no, I mean, number one, I, you know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to come and chat about it with you guys. I mean, obviously Brandon is, you know, intimately involved with, with everything with Chargeway, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, we've worked on for years now. And I think what we've pointed to is that even with years under our belt of, of working on it, it's not like people that we've talked to inside of the industry in the space, oftentimes that are, you know, those at other companies and, and, um, various stakeholders that are involved with this, an automaker or utility, a network, a policymaker, you name it. You know, oftentimes for the last half a decade, we've heard, ah, this will just solve itself. People will figure this out. And it's only gotten muddier as to how people will understand how to use charging for a variety of factors. Um, I alluded to it even a little bit with talking about Tesla's new supercharging and when it comes down to the voltage of it and how's that going to look and work with certain cars and things like that. Um, so our, the goal with, with Chargeway has always been to make all of this easier. And with version two, we, we wanted to take all the learnings we had from Chargeway in the last four, you know, four or five years and just improve upon the, the concept and say, hey, are we doing enough? You know, have we done enough on behalf of drivers? Have we done enough on behalf of, uh, the utility partners we work with? Have we done enough on behalf of the dealerships that we've worked with? It, are, what can we do to make this even more intuitive? and more intelligent. And I really think those two words capture what we really wanted to develop with version 2.0 was to make the most uh, intuitive, but also the most intelligent uh, EV charging app in the sense that it's not data that is just inside the app. And then there's a map with pins that just simply regurgitates the data back to you. Um, that requires a level of interest and, and, and creates a steeper learning curve for everyone. Um, and so we wanted to, to look at what we've done with saying, can we simplify how you understand charging with colors for plug types and simple numbers for power levels? And But even within that, we wanted to help people understand that as a wayfinding system, it helps them understand how charging fits into their life. And and so by integrating what we did have in version one of Chargeway with a charge time estimator to help you understand how power worked based on you know which car you had and what station you might be at, we just rolled that directly into the map itself. So now you can adjust what your battery level is at on your car. And those numbers you see on the map start to then become very obvious about how they relate to your fill up time as it relates to your battery state of charge and the charge limit you want to go to. And we found just through feedback with, with uh, you know, users using the version one and talking to people at auto shows and dealer trainings and, and just everything we've done in recent years. And it's, Simple as we thought we had made it even with version one, it's like, yeah, there's still an element where we could make it easier. And right. so we just wanted to make the app smarter and say, okay, now it's just right on the map. Now those numbers on the map, the moment you tap on one, you will see an estimated charge time based on your vehicle's charging curve, the power level that, you, that your car can accept, the power it's giving you, et cetera. And that's the thing is it is a very intelligent app. I, I'm confident to say it is the smartest EV charging app out there in the sense of what it does for thinking for you. Right. Um, and that's that was really the goal of version two is to, to really elevate how much we did that on the on the data side. But then on the UI side and on the on the actual look of the app is really make a more beautiful and elegant product. That was really what we wanted to to jump to. And I think in both cases, we did a good job with that. But I'm biased. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Do you mind if I pull up the uh, the app real quick and maybe we can show oh, no. some of that for the the yeah. people on uh, YouTube? No, I mean I always sure say I visual aids here. always help explain things better. Right. So. Exactly. So hopefully that's showing there. This is just like on my Mac, so it may be a little sluggish and slow compared to what it'll be on like an iPhone or something, but at least it's kind of yeah. usable and we can show the audience what we're looking at here. So, um, yeah. but yeah, this is, this is 2.0. I was fortunate enough to test some of this before, before it came out and I've been using it like basically anytime I'm going to take a trip or look for a station in the public. And I've been a huge fan of the updated UI. I was telling Brandon, I'm like, I didn't realize how, how, much version one was lacking until I had the new version, <laughs> just with all the updates and stuff you guys have made to it. Oh, it, so. was, it was it was a ground up type approach. I mean, we looked at everything we could leverage from version one, and version one was was again everything in version two is built off of the you know the concepts within version one. But from right. um, a coding perspective, from a UI perspective, we we really decided okay, well, we will take those concepts and really just make them more effective and and more attractive in every way we can. And so. Um, yeah, I mean, and looking at what you have set up already right here, um, you know, you've got your, your Model 3 selected and looking at what you can see on the map, either A, you have all of your adapters turned on or B, <laughs> you have it set yep. to show everything. Right, so, right. Yeah. So yeah, I think so... That's, most, that's the most important thing that I think what, what Chargery provides is to say, okay, and as an example, it's still saying show compatible only in, in the filters, but if you scroll down, you've got all of your adapters turned on because Tesla, being who they are, they have adapters <laughs> for everything. Right. So, yeah. And th and this is going to be a very important feature in the future for anybody that owns a vehicle that is switching to the NAX connector. Mm -hmm. And because we've got this phase of 2024 where we have vehicles that will still have, you know, the green connector in charge rate or, you know, J1772 CCS uh, for what it is in terminology, but they will have an adapter that can allow them to charge at Tesla superchargers, which would be, you know, red level five and higher stations. However, that's only if this is where the fun part comes in is what's going on behind the scenes. Right. There's a lot of software involved. And so it's not that they can go to any red level five and higher supercharger because that's what Tesla owners can do. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's got a vehicle that's using this new adapter from let's say general motors or Ford to use a Tesla supercharger, it's red level seven or higher. And that's going to, that's an important distinction. And that's the thing that is important. I think that our, our app does is that it knows that it does the thinking for you. So the moment you switch on an adapter or the moment you select a vehicle, it's already doing all of all the stuff that people are freaking out about when they learn it the hard way. Well, our team did the hard learning. And so we yeah. designed a product <laughs> that then that does all the thinking for you. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have probably one of the last Chatamo adapters Tesla sold. So I, <laughs> I have all these adapters turned on, but we'll yeah. just toggle these off to kind of show you what a typical tesla owner would see so we got the green level two adapter um so you'll see those on the map too so if i turn that off you'll see those will refresh here and i'm only seeing green and red on the map um, yeah so all, yeah all the blue goes away no chatamo yeah. anything that's green is only level two or less because you turned off your ccs connector so levels three through seven in charge way which are for ccs right you don't see them yeah yes it's, it's a very sesame street approach to understanding how to navigate all this chaos so. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And I think just to highlight what you said earlier, I wanted to show this feature. So you can actually like click on the car. Let's just say I'm at 50%, for example, on my vehicle right now. You can set the charge limit too. So like mine's usually set at 80 or 90. I'll just leave it at 90. And now when you click on a station, it's actually going to show you that charge time right here, which is awesome. Like that's what I care about as a driver, right? Is yeah. <laughs> how long am I going to have to sit there so I can charge my car? Yep. And we've had people say to us, they're like, well, hey, I mean, that's a really cool feature. So, but if that's the case, just put the charging time just right on the map. And my response is, yeah, <laughs> if you do that, then the interface becomes this, it's on one hand, you want to make it beautiful and simple. Right. And on the other hand, you want it to be transparent. But we're, what we did is we said, okay, well, we can create a wayfinding system around time based on power. Mm -hmm. It's easy to see as opposed to having, how do you make four hours and 40 minutes then squish into a map on a pin? It just right. it becomes extremely messy. So, um, but that was our goal with version two is to say, as you pointed out, a lot of drivers are gonna say, just how long, how long do I gotta sit at that station? Yeah. Just give me a sense of it. And as you'll notice, right. it does say J1772 
seven kilowatt directly under that but it's mm-hmm. it's an element that's kind of a third read it's the yeah. information that some drivers will want to know but at face value average people will start to learn you know hey if i'm at 50 percent, i'm at a green two chances are i'm gonna be there for you know maybe four hours or so to get yeah. to 90 percent. right you know that's the right. point so and I do want to just point out that Matt and I, we've tested, you know, like our charge time estimator, you know, real life examples. And it's very spot on in terms of that time, that time estimate. So do you want to, do you want to just reiterate that? Well, it's, it's, I mean, again, at the end of the day, there's, there's no perfect answer to this. I mean, there's mm-hmm. the, the amount of moving targets that exist within uh, what's happening within electrical engineering and, and kilowatts and kilowatt hours. <laughs> it's, I mean, anybody that promises you something exact is, well, they're, they're over, they're overdoing it a bit. Yeah. We want to provide people context. And the beauty of it is, is we do know the charging curve of each vehicle. We do know the power that's accepted by each vehicle, the power offered by each station. So if you know the data, you can translate that into something that's very useful to drivers as opposed to just putting, you know, engineering information on a map and saying, well, you'll figure it out. And the answer is, well, people don't want to figure it out. Right. So in that respect, I think, you know, I mean, we continue to improve upon how we can make the charge times, you know, estimation even better. Um, but the, the bottom line is, and frankly, with level two and AC, it's, a, it's more linear, obviously, than, than DC yeah. charging. And we just, for those of you listening that don't know what that means, we just know that <laughs> a bit. But it's really with intent of trying to translate to someone who doesn't know anything. If you arrive here and you can see that your battery has this much left and you want this much in your battery, this gives you a much more transparent understanding of what to anticipate. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Then here's like a, a supercharger, for example, just kind of to highlight that. So we've got a, a 30 minute estimate, but as you said, like it could be cold, your battery could not be warm. Like this is a, an estimate just based on kind of the information you have, but I love that it just all kind of circles back to the vehicle. Cause I think that's a key part. A lot of people miss with like EV charging as it seems so overwhelming when you're trying to find a vehicle, but then after you have it, it's really knowing how does your vehicle behave in certain situations? What does it work yeah. with? So being able to just focus everything on your specific vehicle is great. Well, it's, it really is about personal. That was a big thing about version one of charge where we, we really wanted to focus on, which was, it's not about showing you where everything is for charging. It's about showing right. you where your charging is based on the car that you've chosen. And the vehicle purchase is a very personal one to everyone. Yeah. Um, we just we were just at the Seattle Auto Show and had a chance to you know showcase version 2.0 through the Chargeway Beacon, our kiosk. Yeah. And it was, again, it, it, one of those moments where we were talking to a lot of average people that you can tell that they're shopping for cars they always have, which is... Yeah. I really like this brand and that's, that's the EV that I want because I like that brand. And the amount of times we had conversations with folks where they were still convicted in buying that brand because that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. But when we showed them details that they haven't been thinking about for shopping ever with a gas car, which is when you're shopping electric, it's how much power can your car accept? How much range does your vehicle have based on EPA ratings? And then what does that do in cold weather driving or at higher speeds? Right. And, this is all part of the learning curve that we wanted to capture with Chargeway. And oftentimes when we're asked, you know, how is your app different from other apps that are out there? And I look at it and say, well, if you're looking for station location and you're looking for route planning, well, we have both. Yeah. And in an interface <laughs> that is simplified. Right. That's, that's the, the intent is to say you don't have to you know, jumble between two of those types of apps. You can just use Chargeway. Mm-hmm. And then we do show you where everything is for every major network. And um, I, we understand we're not going to please everybody. And there's a right. lot of people that um, might want to see things a certain way based on their own experiences. And a lot of that comes from you know people that bought into EVs early on. And they did have to learn a lot. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to reach a, a, the broader market. You know, I, I want someone who doesn't know anything about an EV to walk away after a few minutes of conversation and say, you know, I didn't realize it was, there was that much charging. I didn't realize I could plan a road trip that easily. I didn't realize that there was power differences, mm. but I didn't realize you could charge up an EV in maybe 15 to 20 minutes. I thought it was always going to take hours. I mean, that's, that's right. still a part of the conversation around all the time right now with everybody. And I think we've captured that really uh, elegantly uh, and visually with what we've done with Chargeway. So. Right. So this is kind of tangential, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I hear the same thing from a lot of people that they're stuck on a particular brand for whatever reason. Is there a reason yeah. that's so like prevalent in the car market versus maybe some other 
industries where people are like, I've always bought Ford, so I'm sticking with the Ford. I feel like that's not as not around in many other industries, but maybe I'm incorrect there. <laughs> I, I think people people attach to brands uh, because it begins to be a part of their identity. Um, and it can happen at, with a variety of industries. It can happen at, at kind of any part of your life. There's a reason why uh, certain soccer players enjoy wearing Adidas compared to Diodora or Nike. Yeah. Um, or in, in basketball, it's, it, the same goes for like Under Armour and Jordan. And then I drink Coca-Cola. I'm not a Pepsi fan or I love Pepsi. Yeah. I don't drink Coke. I mean, it, <laughs> right. it just go down the list. And you'll, you'll discover like, oh, wow. I mean, I, I love this brand of something in this marketplace. I go to McDonald's. I don't like going to Burger King. I mean, just right. have, you can take it anywhere. Yeah, Cars, I think, are, are very um, – People attach themselves to cars in, in a way that's also very passionate and emotion driven because a car is an extension of you. Yeah. Um, you're every, most everything else I mentioned, you know, like if you're, if you're consuming food or something like that, it's like, oh, you, you might like the taste of something. Right. But there's also people that like how certain shoes look on them and that's why they buy that brand. I mean, they might like the feel of it too, but a car is, is genuinely an expression of how you engage with the world physically because it takes you to where you aren't currently. Right. And, and there's a, there's an element of passion around that and not for everyone, but for many people. And some of it is surface level. And they just say, like you said, we've always been a Ford family, Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and that's, that's certainly a thing. Um, right. My wife's family, they, they've always been a Volvo family and, the, and any, any vehicle they buy is almost always a Volvo. And there's wow. a lot of reasons to enjoy the Volvo brand for what it's been as a as a heritage brand it's i mean safety is a big thing for them design a lot of people like the design but when it comes to evs it there's a deeper element to the to the ownership experience that has nothing to do with the car right but everything to do with the fuel mm -hmm. and I, that's something that, that we talk about often now when we get a chance to meet with some of you know anybody new from a you know industry-wide perspective is to say we do need to respect the fact that when you're talking about switching from gas to electric um it is there is a level of class like classism that does come with that now yeah and with gas cars i, I use the example all the time where it's you get some rich guy in the hills that drives a bentley and some you know some college student who's you know eating ramen all the time driving a hand-me-down honda you know they both pull up to the gas station the same way same <laughs> time yep. and they're staring at each other and it's like they lead very different lives yeah but the one thing that, that is identical to them is we both got to go get gas Mm -hmm. But now, if both of those drivers switch to electric tomorrow, well, the person that lives in the hills in that nice house, they could fill up at home almost exclusively. That's that's yeah. a beautiful benefit to owning an EV. Whereas the person who has an apartment that street parks, they still have to go find their fuel. And so in that sense, their world is changing differently in the sense that they are using a different fuel type, but they have to understand like the, the speed of the fill up and how it works for them. Whereas the person that owns the house can just say, you know what? I don't really think about it all that often. Um, but in both of those instances, we're having to explain that to people. So this gets to your question about, like, do, do people actually think that way about, is automotive the only thing where that happens, where they, they kind of are, I want to buy that product compared to that? We now see that with fuel. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. I mean, that's, why does someone roll coal? I mean, on a, on a, on a vehicle they think is, a, you know, a vehicle they wouldn't drive themselves, right? Whether it's electric or hybrid. They have, a, they have this understanding of like i like for me the fuel matters to me and it's not something that's a small thing but it's been subconscious to most consumers for so long because it's just been there yeah. you could buy you could buy a brand new truck or a sports car or even a hybrid and gas just worked yeah and you didn't have to think <laughs> about it you know but right. now we're, we're forcing people to think about fueling in a way that is very different and there's a brand element to it for sure um so Matt, just a, a segue, just because I want to utilize this platform to also talk about some of Chargeway's programs sure. that we're, um, you know, that we're engaged in, um, just because, you know, some of the podcasts that I've listened to and some of the things we talk about is mainly so focused on our product, but I don't think a lot of listeners just realize how engaged we are, you know, from like a dealership level, as well as a utility level. Um, do you mind touching on some of that, especially with the recent announcement with Austin Energy? Uh, a few oh, weeks sure. ago at Electrify Expo. Well, and, and people have always asked, you know, kind of, you know, where does Chargeway fit in this conversation? At the end of the day, Chargeway was designed to to be a solution for both the automotive and the energy sector. 
And with regard to automotive is they've, they've relied on the fossil fuel industry forever to make the fuel easy. And, and brands like, you know, Shell and Exxon and Chevron, you go get regular premium or whatever, or Techron or V power, they can do with all that branding. And it's because people, the, the people shop by price and, but then some go, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Chevron guy for something. I, I'm a, I'll be honest. When I had a gas car. I did go to Chevron. I, I looked for it. So with regard to like what Chargeway is in, into the realm of the programs we have and what we do with between, you know, auto and energy is Chargeway in a lot of ways is the branding of electric fuel and who makes electric fuel. It is utilities. They make the electricity. So the programs we've been able to develop in the last, you know, three or four years with utility partners has been focused on how do we help them have a better conversation about them being a fuel provider, number one, and talking to the public about that. But then also how do their programs that they've designed that are to benefit EV drivers, how do those programs fit into their ownership experience? And so this is something we've worked on closely with um, this total now about 14 different utilities around the United States uh, in eight different states. Uh, and really the, the thing that we've been always focused on is how can we help them do a better job of, of not only, again, we talk about education all the time, but simplifying what they're trying to explain because electricity is not something most people know a lot about, but then also marrying that to the automotive experience. And what we're doing now with Chargeway with version 2.0 is it's, it's building into an opportunity to have a much more integrated experience, not only for the driver, but also the driver with these other partners we work with. And so uh, as an example, in, in Q1 of 2024, we're going to be launching a pilot program with Austin Energy uh, that will basically is, is where we're taking Chargeway's 2.0 platform uh, into the future for integration of, of vehicle details, vehicle data, how you can connect your car to Chargeway, and in oh, turn, wow. how that can really help benefit utilities and their relationship with drivers to say, well, we know how we can offer you a really good program now because we know what, what type of vehicle you're driving, where you're driving it. Are you charging home? Are you not charging home? How can we provide you better visibility into programs that benefit your lifestyle as an EV owner, uh, mm -hmm. as a utility? And so this is something we're really excited to launch with Austin and Energy uh, starting in Q1 of next year. Um, final stages of, of development right now and how that'll look and work. Um, but there's going to be, this is something we're going to pilot with, with Austin Energy, but also give people some exposure to it around uh, not just the U.S., but also in Canada for how they can also take part in some of the features that will be included in that pilot. So um, at the end of the day, it's really about giving people the control that they want to have with regard to charging and their vehicles. Uh, but also at the end of the day, if you're a multi-vehicle family, let's say you drive a, I don't know, a, a Rivian and then you have a Kia and then you've got two competing OEM apps and you look at both of them and you kind of go, <laughs> one, of, one of them has this feature, one of them has that feature. But again, it's a different experience each time with, with Chargeway, you'll be able to have the exact same experience with both vehicles in one platform. Right. And I think that's going to be something that a lot of people will find very attractive. So. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get my hands on that energy tab. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, how, how do we define, yeah, how do we define that for, you know, and how do we talk about energy for, you know, for people in general? I mean, we see a lot of brands, I mean, Tesla's doing it, Tesla Energy, GM Energy. We see a lot of people talking about energy and, and what that could be. Um, it's just a brand new conversation with most people. And I still think that we just have to lead people gently into that conversation and also show them value where the program from a utility, for example, that might be a rebate on a level two home charger or a fast charging program for those who can't charge at home that maybe is a flat rate at certain charging stations that they've deployed, you need to know how those programs and the benefits of those programs fit within your charging experience based on the vehicle you drive and who you are. So um, I really think that we will be able to provide a lot of value, not only to our utility partners, but most importantly to drivers uh, moving forward in that. So Nice. Yeah. What, and Brandon's uh, just giddy. Yeah, he's a video <laughs> well, I, I've teased so many features that are coming to Chargeway and, you know, like I, I've talked about Chargeway so much from, you know, like, well, just in everyday life, our podcasts and like YouTube videos and stuff like that. I think that I think a lot of people don't realize just how engaged we are, you know, on the electric fuel aspect. Like it's not, you know, we're not just a mobile app, but like we have so many initiatives with so many utilities that I just. I, I want people to know that we're working on that. And and I think that's something that that's important. You know, it's important well, for people to know, especially as so many people in the industry listen to our podcast. So um, give us a call. 
No, I'm the one. Yeah, I mean, no, I, the Flash's number on the screen now. No, no, I think it's I think it's very good to point out, and and um, I mean, it it needs to be said that way too, in the sense that we're we're, we're most people just kind of go, okay, you're an app, you're you're dots on a map. Like, why is it different? It's it's like no, Chargeway is wildly intelligent as a mm -hmm. as a product. It's very smart, and I'm and the team that we have that has made it possible is also a very, very, very small team. We are not some like, again, we are a startup in every sense of the word. We are a team of a handful of people, but all of us drive EVs. Yeah. All of us, all of us got into this because we really care about EVs succeeding. And all of us have gone through the pain of what it meant to figure out how to become <laughs> those drivers at an early stage. Right. And it's with the intent of helping more people enjoy EVs the way that we know they can uh, by bringing them to EV ownership in a way that makes them feel welcomed as opposed to, I mean, how many times do we see it on owners groups on social media or just, I mean, or just Twitter and things like that, where someone will ask a question related to EV charging and how often does it turn into something where there's someone who knows more than them that says something that is condescending or disparaging. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just like, you know, that that's not how we get more people to do this. And right. I, I just think that, you know, most people don't know enough about our backstory. And uh, Brandon has been very clear with me that, that that has to be something that, you know, we do more, you know, do more talking about. I mean, but yeah, I mean, Chargeway is a core team of, of four people. Yeah. I mean, that's who it is. I mean, and, and, and it is, uh, and we are working our butts off every day to be very thoughtful about how we build what we're building. And it's, right. and it's built for people. It is, I mean, we are EV owners who are passionate about making EV ownership better and easier. And we happen to have put a lot more work into it than most people understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and I know Brandon's like, man, people don't know what we're doing. It's like, yeah, we have <laughs> utility programs. We have dealer programs. The intelligence behind the software is, is I, I mean, I, I don't like being someone who's like, you know, tooting the horn, but it's like, hmm. <laughs> It's it's really unrivaled right now for how much yeah. how much we're doing on behalf of each person that says I've added my car to Chargeway and then we how much thinking we're doing on behalf of them right, uh, right. and it's and it's something to be proud of I think I, our team has done a great job um, and it's and I hope that people use it and go wow they did yeah <laughs> that's the hope so I think it's yeah. I think it's hard with a lot of technology products especially just like if it's easy it's seamless all this stuff you don't realize how much is going on in the back end if you will like if it is truly yeah. that intelligent you shouldn't even realize it it should just show you the information you need and like all right i'm yep. good like it shouldn't even be complicated so i think that's that's definitely important to point out well no it's it, it makes me think of the i mean there's a very famous quote uh from steve jobs uh where he basically i'm gonna get it wrong i'm gonna get the quote wrong but he basically <laughs> said you know the if you know the ultimate the ultimate uh sophistication is simplicity in the sense right. that if you if you really understand a topic or a technology and you and you really actually you you can get into the weeds of it and figure it out, that means you can create a very simple way of engaging with it. That's right. what it's required, uh, and I think that that's something that we um, we have really captured with what we've built with with the Chargeway platform. And you know, right now, most people still don't know what they don't know. Yeah, uh, but when, when they dis when they discover like wow, there's a lot to unpack with learning an EV and owning it, and then they actually use our platform and they can even switch between different cars very easily and go, whoa, like it it right. does that for a Tesla and for an EV6 and for a, <laughs> a night you know a, a you know 2013 Chevy Volt. That's right. pretty incredible. And the answer is yeah, it is. We've done a good job. So definitely. Well, as the kids say, Matt, that's a humble brag. <laughs> So. I, I, I just I never like being that person. Like, do you realize what like who I am and what we do? It's like I, <laughs> it's it's just I don't. But at the same time, you have to basically when the opportunity you know is there, and and you also have the you know you can basically you know back it up by saying look what we've done. You know the old Yogi Berra. You know it ain't bragging if you can do it. Yeah. You know? By the way, for all you kids out there, Yogi Berra is like okay. No, <laughs> but, we'll check but, our demographics of age range for our listener. <laughs> You'll get you'll get some guy that retweets and goes like, "Man, they reference Yogi Berra. This I'm coming back to this podcast yeah. every week now." So yeah. subscribers are up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There you go. There you go. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I did no no go ahead. Alex. Sorry. 
Uh, I was going to say, I was going to show the, we mentioned it a few times, um, just so people can see as well, kind of the, the changing between vehicles. This is something I do all the time when I'm testing a vehicle, because it's really easy to just load it in here versus trying to research all this information for myself <laughs> and figure out what, what charger this vehicle can, uh, can connect to, all this kind of stuff. So I went ahead and preloaded a car in here, but like you just click on this, you hit change vehicle, and then you can load is there any limit to vehicles? I can't imagine there's no. a like, no. there might be a theoretical limit of <laughs> some really high number, but there's probably an obnoxious <laughs> limit probably. But yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. You can load as many cars as you want to your account. Yeah. Right. So I can just quickly change the Ford lightning and then you'll see the map will update to just show the chargers that work with that vehicle. So all the red has disappeared and as you were alluding to earlier, I'd imagine as they start opening up the supercharger network, adapters come out, that'll then become an option for a Ford Lightning, for example, where you'll have the option for adapters in here, which isn't there now, but it will be eventually. So Yeah, well, th that's something, too, is we wanted to, to maintain showing that, again, everything that Chargeways is built on the technical details. Yeah. So if someone wants to know that information, it's there. Right. It's just, it's just that it can yeah. be overwhelming and a lot to learn up front. And it's... And, and who wouldn't want an easier way to navigate all that information? Um, yeah. But it's down to, again, plug type, you know, max KW for both AC and DC, battery tech and specs for voltage, and obviously max kilowatt hour, or, you know, you know, battery capacity for kilowatt hour. Um, it's it's all there. It's, it, again, yeah. it's, it's not that we just willy-nilly decided, let's just change everything to this. It's like, no, it's based, <laughs> on, it's based yeah. on, the, on the data and on the technology. And right. um, I think that what we've done now is created a way to interface with it that is even a lot more um you know it's just simplified and easy to understand right um so but you know it's uh it's it's gonna be a process still i mean we're still at the very beginning of this conversation in my opinion in a lot of ways where people don't yet understand that this is a conversation that has to be had for ownership right and because we we are not going to get to a place where every fast charger is 350 kilowatt yeah it's it's just it's just it's untenable and yeah. on top of that even if we could you're maxing out at basically 20 kW at home and, right. and, and you don't need that much at home unless, <laughs> unless you have some absurdly big battery, like a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack, which I also don't really think should be like a thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's, we did a whole episode a, on that. Yeah. I mean, that's a different episode, but, right. but I think, this, I mean, but your example of bringing up the Ford F-150 landing, I think is important. Um, another example that, that I've seen now twice in the last month or so, is is in vehicle navigation technology for from OEMs mm. uh, taking a vehicle uh, that, like a, a CCS a CCS equipped vehicle or green plug vehicle in Chargeway to a Rivian fast charger. Mm. It's now happening just because it's on the map. <laughs> well, or because they're like, hey, that's a CCS connector. Yeah, Chargeway is the smartest software platform out there. We, we don't show you Rivian Adventure Networks unless you've selected a Rivian as a vehicle. Mm. You won't even see those on the map. And if you do a trip plan with this F-150 Lightning, we're sure gonna, we're not gonna route you through a Rivian Adventure Network because we know you can't use that. How many, right. how many people are building out these software platforms or, or you, know, you, know, you know, basically the data that's being used in, the, in these routing algorithms that know that? Right. And the answer is a lot of them don't. They just yeah. go, I didn't know you couldn't go to the adventure network from Rivian in an F-150. Why would, why not? And the answer is software, baby. Yeah. It's all locked <laughs> out, you know? Right. And they, and they go, well, why did they do that? And the answer is call them. We don't know, but it's, <laughs> you know, but that's something you can't just, just take things at face value. You have to really understand the industry and the technology. Right. Uh, and I think that's one thing that people will appreciate more about what we've done is that you, literally you enter your car and we're not going to lead you astray. Right. We're not going to force you to do that extra that extra homework. And I think more people will want to hand this off as a solution to people over time and say, you know what, man, th this this app really does do all the thinking for you. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, as you said, no no Rivian networks in here. Just like Electrify America. Well, and those are the suggested ones. If you, yeah. If you click on the upper right hand corner on the little little oh, yeah. line, and then poof, there you that's. Go. That's where everything on your route is. We just show you the suggested first, but if you need another option, you yeah, got them. Yeah. yeah. So nice. And there's and there's more things we're we're hearing from drivers about you know little ways they want to manipulate you know options for route planning and things like right, that. Right. Right. Um, 
and that's something that you, you have to be careful. I mean, you don't want to throw the kitchen sink at everybody. Yeah. You know, you have to, and, and, but little things like, you know, okay, I want to make sure that I can, anything I do for adjustments for my filtering on my station map, I want to make sure that that impacts my trip planning the exact mm. same way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're, we're adding in that feature originally why we didn't offer up that you could just basically pick and choose which networks you wanted in the trip planner was because that's a power user move. Most people just want to plan a trip and they just say, yeah. can I just make it? And <laughs> yeah. the answer is we want to show you that you can. Now it might right. run you through three or four different networks depending, mm -hmm. but we want to show you that you can. It's, it, it's, a, it's a power user move to be like, I, I want to get rid of every network except for these two. Yeah. Uh, or they might say, I was told I have a, a fast charging plan for free charging from this network from, my, from you know, the brand of car I bought. Yeah. I only want to see that network. And then they go to plan a road trip and they go, oh, you can't make it. They go, oh, I hate this car. The answer is, well, you, no, you can totally make it. you blocked everything off. <laughs> you, blocked, yeah, you blocked everything off because you wanted just the free ones. It's like, right. so these, these are little things from a user experience perspective that, that we've been taking into consideration since day one mm -hmm. is, is how do you ensure that it is not going to you know, set the stage for someone to have confusion out of the gate. Right. Uh, um, and that's, you know, it's just about trying to put yourself in the shoes and you know of of the person who's brand new to it so 100 percent. yeah yeah i've been using the the trip planner a lot obviously tesla makes it pretty easy but at least kind of seeing ahead of time what that trip is going to look like just for planning purposes honestly of no one knowing when to leave where we think we're going to stop all that kind of stuff i love using it for that so well and it's a little squish right here in, in your emulator but once you've selected your starting point destination and you yeah. click continue it in the mobile app. It does show you that on the next screen when you do select the temperature and the, well, there it is. You can scroll to it. Yeah. So okay. if you select the temperature go. and speed, uh, you want to drive. So if you crank all up to hundred percent, you can then start to get that maximum estimated range for that vehicle because based on the temperature outside and the speed you're driving, if you're driving 60 miles an hour on a 60 degree day <laughs> in an F-150, yeah, I mean, okay. hey, you're going to do okay, but if you're doing 80, because yeah. people on the highway are going to be doing what they want to do, well, that's not 300 miles of range. Now that's going to be, there you go. Mm. Yep. And this is important for people to know. And this, this works this way for every single EV on the market. And it's important for people to have that level of transparency around a road trip plan. If they buy the car in July and they plan to do a Christmas road trip, they've they yeah. got to know these things. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't, it's not, his thing is it's not scary either. You just got to know. But if it surprises you in ownership, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. how many new EV owners do we see on on owners groups on name of name of model vehicle where they say, "Did you guys know that the car loses a little bit of range in the winter?" Yeah, it's every like, winter it's like November yeah. without fail. Every every group is flooded with, "Why is my car so like low on range?" It's like, well, yeah. it's cold out. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is where automakers too is you know they some of them will show you uh, you know a real time estimated range based on your driving habits. Yeah. And, existing conditions whereas others will just go Meh, it's still 300 yep and and you kind of go yeah i mean theoretically sure it is but it's 28 degrees outside and i'm not going to drive 40 miles an hour on a flat dry cold highway <laughs> i'm going to be doing 70 yeah. you know right. so the, these are things that you know we also think about for for users is okay like tell us who you are how you want to drive this thing and we will give you some transparency back for what you would what you'd have as an experience right so yeah. for sure yeah Nice. Have I, what a, have I missed miss anything, Brandon? I mean, I think we've... Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other major features here I'm missing. Well, I, I think one one feature that we tend not to mention that I'm pretty proud of, like our product <laughs> having, is that we take into consideration your battery voltage with the amperage of charging cables. So mm. in, instead of showing you just like the max kilowatts that you might get, we actually take into consideration. So if you have like an 800 volt vehicle, it will show you a different level on the station map versus if you are driving a 400 volt vehicle. And, mm -hmm. you know, we take into consideration all of that information. So, you know, if you had like a Kia EV6, you might see like a green level six um, charge point station. But if you have a Tesla Model 3 that can charge at green stations, you'll see a green level five because it's going to be all different. Um, and obviously, you know, we're not expecting every driver to understand amperage voltage and, you know, all those terminologies. Um, but this is just an easier and simpler way of setting that expectation for for drivers, um, where a lot of other platforms just don't necessarily even care to have that 
detail. <laughs> so, well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, it's an important distinction is, is at the mm-hmm. end of the day, and as you describe that brand is, is the, is people want to know how it impacts their life. Yep. And, it, and if, and if they see 125 kilowatt and they hear that's higher than the other one, they go, great, I'm going to use that one. It's like, yeah, well, that's only in a certain use case with a certain vehicle. And, and frankly, how often do we see that people that are outside of the industry, you know, get exposed to that type of like, like kind of moment of, you know, that learning moment, they just kind of go, but I, I don't get it. Why, then why was I told it was that? It's like, well, because in best case scenario, it could be, you know, but in, in reality, it might not be for the reasons you just described. And I think that's where right. there's an opportunity for the industry to do a better job of yep. what are we trying to tell people and how can we be more thoughtful around how we take the, the technology and hand it to people in a way that's translated for them. And that's exactly what our platform does. It's, and again, two point Brandon, it's that smart. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, doing that, it's doing that level of, it's doing that level of thinking. So the best example yep. is te- Tesla magic dog is, yeah. is everybody's like, Oh, fantastic. And the moment magic dog was available and people took it, you know, people took an eight or 900 volt vehicle to a magic dock and they went, wait a minute, why am I only getting it? At first it was about 50 kilowatt and it's finally up to about 90 or so based on, you know, some, you know, some updates that were made on the vehicle side through vehicles, you know, brands like Hyundai and, and Kia, for example. Right. But that's basically it. I mean, because yeah. of the voltage amperage in the background and average humans, they don't know anything about that. And, yeah. and they just want to know why is it taking me longer here and, but if they keep getting a kilowatt thrown at them for this station's capable of X kilowatt, and then the fine print says, well, based on the, you know, voltage <laughs> of your battery pack, that's just going to make someone say, you know, what's really great about like the last car I had is I didn't have to worry about any of that. Regular right. is just regular and it worked. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that one feature. <laughs> you know, uh, just because I feel like it gets overshadowed by all of our awesome other features. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. It's another one that's like hidden, right? It's like hidden. Yeah. Nobody should even realize it's happening well, if it's done right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's exactly it. I don't think a lot of people even realize that, like, especially if they only have one vehicle in their account, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily see the change of numbers if they had multiple vehicles, you yeah. know, in their account with different battery voltage. So right. I just... uh little friendly reminder that we also take that into consideration. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. it, no, it really, it really speaks to the level of detail that we've taken into consideration for what this platform provides mm-hmm. is, is it is, we want, we know how much thinking it takes to actually navigate all of this chaos. And right. if you can have a software platform, that's actually that intelligent, that's doing all that thinking on your behalf, simply because you said, I want to drive this vehicle. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's a, and that's a very, that is the fastest way to create education with, with someone is because, of, and Alex, as you pointed out at the beginning, it's like, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, are people that, I mean, that passionate about brand in other ways outside of automotive answers, you know, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but then in auto, because of how important it is, I mean, we had a few conversations at, again, at, recently at the Seattle auto show about that, where there was someone who was super passionate about a particular brand. And then they said, well, hey, can you plan a road trip for us? And we, we planned the road trip for them. And in some cases they said, they're like, you know, I really love the brand. I love, the, I love the, the vehicle. I love the materials. I love the design of the car and everything else. But you're telling me that this other vehicle might be better for my road trip experience because of these, these subtle differences about voltage or even the range or the, the efficiency that I've never had to buy a car thinking of those things. Yeah. And the answer is, yeah, it's just, it's a part of, what will be, you know, the future of EV ownership. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Right. Um, and that's important to know. And I think that that's a big part of what our platform can provide people is just choose your own adventure, choose your car. And then we can show you why that's going to work differently than maybe another car. So. Right. Cool. Um, it's, I appreciate you guys taking the time to just even, you know, for the, you know, the viewers you have, <laughs> you have to go through this. I know Brandon is a, obviously a, a huge champion of talking about what we do all the time and, and, <laughs> It's not because he's just excited about it. I think because <laughs> it's it's that damn good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, and, and uh, yeah. Like, sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Well, <laughs> I, I was also going to mention that Chargeway is what brought Alex and I together as friends. I mean, that was our first video collaboration, and that essentially has led to our friendship and to this podcast. 
So, uh, yeah, Alex, you mentioned at the beginning of this, literally, Matt is the one that essentially brought us together. I didn't realize it was that, 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 uh, that much of a connective, you know, glue for you guys. But, okay. that, yeah, that literally, yeah, us sitting awkwardly in my bolt uh, three years ago, <laughs> trying to figure out Chargeway. As most you know, friendships start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. as, most, as most friendships start. What are you guys uh, we're just sitting in a bolt, man. Just hang out in the bolt. Hang yeah. out in the bolt. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Matt. I I never, you know, miss an opportunity to talk about Chargeway and and essentially, you know, to get you on the podcast and talk about our new product. You, we've been anxiously waiting for this to happen for weeks now. So, yeah. yeah well, so. I mean, it, it's I I'm really proud of what we've built as a as a solution for people. Um, I think that there are plenty of automakers out there that need what we have candidly i mean they just right. still do yeah uh because with all due respect to some major tech companies out there that have integrated charging into mapping we do it better yeah <laughs> I mean, we, just, we just do um right. and it's and again and it's just use just use the app i mean that's that, that's my invitation to people that say oh yeah how it's like just use it just give it you a know? shot yeah yeah just, please just use it use i mean add your car you know play around with your your battery state of charge what charge limit you want and then just go click around the map. And then best, and the one thing we haven't talked about on Trip Planner is how far have we gone on Trip Planner to make it helpful? Is in Trip Planner, if you route a trip and it goes to a station that has multiple power levels, we will recommend the power level to you to create the most efficiency for that station. Because wow. how often do we see that someone plans a road trip, uh, plans or, or just charges at a station, and they hear the word hyper? And they go, oh, I'm plugging my car into hyper because I think it sounds fast. And then they go, well, that one's ultra. They go, well, which one's better? I don't even know. It's like <laughs> we will tell them, hey, this is the power level you should use based on your car for two reasons. One is it it, it is going to create – we talk about EV charging etiquette all the time. People don't know what they don't know. But if, if you hand them a platform and say, hey, by the way, this will help you understand things that I think will not only help your own charging experience but will also alleviate hiccups like this in the future, that's all it's for. But our app is that intelligent. It's, it's telling you if you're driving an ID4, use this charger on a road trip, a green level six, because if you try to grab the green level seven, your charge time is not going to improve. So don't bother. Yeah. You know? and, if, and if you're someone driving a vehicle that can take that green level seven, we recommend that one for you. Why? Because that will be the most efficient way to get people in and out of those stations. And that is a fundamental piece of, of education around electric fuel. And we are, the, we are the game in town and the platform that does it better than anybody. So that's, there I'm sticking to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. this is where we flash your phone number again, right? <laughs> 8675309. six, Another reference people might not get. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a song, right? It is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just call it. Every, just call it. Yeah, just call it. Every area code in the nation, just call it. And then ask for Jenny. And I know I know the song. I know. As, That's funny. I want to see his eyes start. He's like, yeah, I know it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I do have a funny story for that really fast just to wrap up. When I was a recruiter, um, one of my coworkers thought they would play a prank on me, and they handed me a client with that phone number. And they're just like, call this. They're, you know, they're well qualified for this job. Just give them a call. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's how that's how that song has really been ingrained in my head. Yeah. I was so wow. horrible. I'm like, I got a great IT <laughs> opportunity for this person. But, but was their name Jenny? Like, that would have been even better. Oh, yeah. They wrote it down. It was like on a napkin and they like slid it in my cube. Oh, well, that should oh, be my your first gosh. sign they're screwing with you. It's like, yeah, this is a great candidate. It's... Why is it written on a napkin? <laughs> I, was, I was 26. I was immature back then. So. Oh, oh, that wasn't that long ago, was it? <laughs> no. no. Five years ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh no. my gosh! <laughs> well, I, again, I, 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 no, I appreciate again. I, you guys do. You guys cover a lot of great stuff every time you guys, you know, put on, you know, put together a podcast. And I appreciate the, the chance to to talk about Chargeway and obviously, Brand. I know because of the you know the work we do together and 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 what we've developed out. I know you're a huge champion of it. But Alex, same, you know, same with you though. I know that. Yeah. I mean, you you are you are very embedded in this space. You understand the challenges of this industry. You've worked with and for many different companies that are, that are having an impact <laughs> in this in this you know sector right. so it's 
it's great to have uh, others in this space understand the value of how we could do a better job of this. Uh, for sure. So for those who get a chance to hear what you guys are, you know, sharing on your podcast, I, you know, again, like I said, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about Chargeway. And, and I, I really do believe that when people get a chance to use the new app and, and download it, plan some trips, it's a car shopping, all those different things. I think they're going to just kind of have those little wow moments of, man, they, wow, they did think of a lot. It's like, yep, yeah. we really, really, really did. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, for that, yeah, go to the app stores. Yeah, Google Play Store, Apple App Store, download Chargeway today. Hashtag Chargeway, at Chargeway on everything. <laughs> I mean, it's, we'll link yeah. everything down in the show notes. So yeah. you, don't have to, yeah. you don't have to search for it. Cool. But awesome. Well, well, appreciate you being on, Matt. Seriously, appreciate the time. Um, we'll probably have to have you on again at some point. Maybe like two years from now. We'll, we'll yeah. do another <laughs> 90 more episodes. <laughs> 90 more episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like the ongoing theme is like every 93, it's like, yeah, we'll bring him back. It's like, yeah. Where, what's the update now? It's like, you guys, you guys, plenty of time for there to be a big enough update to talk about. So, yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next episode.